I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is for you. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Algis and joining me is... Maggie Lovitz. I don't know why I like motion this direction when you're this direction, but like for me, you're this direction because, you know, cameras are flipped or whatever. But like, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm motioning anyways, because my hands get cut off. But anyways, how are you doing, Maggie? I am doing great. Today is my Super Bowl. It's Oscar nomination day. It is. Happy, happy Oscar nomination day. Oh, yeah. It's the most exciting day of the year for colossal film nerds like ourselves. Uh, So, yes, that is what today's episode is going to be entirely about. We're just going to be talking about the Oscar nominations and nothing else. We just want to get into all of our thoughts, feelings, concerns, comments, criticisms, snarky crap that we have to say about all of these nominations. We're just going to dive right into it and we're going to, you know, get this party started. So let's start off with the big one. Uh, no point in uh, really delaying. Let's talk about the best picture race. So the nominees for best picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of a Flower Moon, Killers of the Flower Moon. I should probably not just slur that together. Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Maggie, which one of those jumps out at you immediately? Uh, it's, it's kind of a twofer for me. It's the anatomy of a fall and the zone of interest getting in there, um, for best picture, I think is just so exciting. Uh, that was kind of like the biggest, I wouldn't call it a surprise. I was predicting that I had a lot of faith in those two films to land there. Um, but I think it surprised a lot of other people, uh, which is always fun. I will say I I was of the mindset like neither of them were on my predictions, but I was kind of thinking to myself, it's going to be one or the other. I didn't expect for both of them to be in there. Two big foreign films getting into 
the best picture race as opposed to the best international feature race is pretty shocking. Uh, so do you think there is a specific reason for why that might be the case or maybe some precedent that was set? I do. Uh, as you may be able to tell, I am uh, quite the fan of All Quiet on the Western Front. Gee, you could have you could have surprised me. Uh, no, I was, after all, the unofficial campaign manager for it last year. But I do think that it set a precedent for people to pay more attention to foreign language films and not just lump them into best international pictures. So I was very excited. I was very hopeful that that was going to be something that we saw this year. There were so many good international films this year and seeing it in best picture both of these films was just a dream come true which sounds really corny to say uh but i think that it's um an an interesting turn for the academy which has kind of had some issues with uh which kind of you know foreign films that it has nominated in the past and oftentimes just relegating them to that that other category. And so this was really exciting. Um, I think, you know, a big credit to uh, Sandra Hewler, who was in both of them. Uh, I think that double picture kind of idea of, you know, going and seeing both of those films, which imagine seeing both of those films back to back is uh, an emotional ringer. Uh, but grueling, that, I think, would be the way I would describe that. Absolutely grueling. Um, but I think that definitely helped um, both of those films continue to gain traction because I wouldn't say that they were like front runners at all um, much in the same way that All Quiet on the Western Front was kind of uh, the film that a lot of people were like oh yeah you can support it but it's probably not going to get all the nominations that you think and we see once again two films that kind of snuck up which is just very exciting and I think that's kind of the beauty of the Oscar nominations and the Oscar race is there's always those surprise ones that then kind of exposes people to more films and more you know different types of films and there's some people in the comments talking about you know the teacher's lounge uh taste of things i'm very i'm very disappointed that taste of things did not get more recognition i think that was an incredible film highly recommend it um but of course you know the teacher's lounge is also excellent there were a lot of really really good films so honestly it was hard to narrow down i will say though that the the ones that got the nomination do seem to line up with a lot of people's predictions. Like, I feel like most people were placing all of these films in there with some variation, obviously. A lot of the films that I predicted are in here. There are a few that I didn't predict because I didn't I didn't predict as many or I didn't guess as many entries as they went with. Uh, but so that was yesterday on dailies, me and Perry got to talk about our predictions. You weren't here for that. So how does this line up with your with what your predictions were? Um, pretty spot on. Uh, you know, there were, um, if we're, you know, shifting away from talking about just Beck's best picture, there were, um, some best actress nominations that I, or snubs that I was not technically surprised by. Um, this was pretty much about 90%. The entire list of things was about 90% of what I was predicting independently. Uh, I was not as surprised as I have been in past years. Now, when it comes to best picture, were there any uh, that you thought might be in the discussion that aren't? Oh, I don't think so. Um, you know, obviously, I, I was hoping Saltburn would get some love. I also was fully aware of the fact that it was not uh, an Academy film. Um, but I thought if we're going to pay as much attention to poor things, uh, we can also pay attention to some other weird films. But I also did not have much, you know, faith in that happening. It was It was always number 11 for me. Unfortunately, I will say, though, that looking at the best picture list there, I mean, a lot of these films are films that you would expect. They're very much 
you know, your, your typical Oscar type films, there's one that does sort of stick out like a giant pink thumb. Uh, and that is Barbie. What are your thoughts on Barbie being in the best picture race? Uh, I feel like it was an, uh, pretty much a given that it was going to get best picture. I think that was the most um, concrete nomination for it to get along with things like production design and two music noms. That was a given. Um, so that one was like the least surprising. Um, but some of the the snubs and choices for that one elsewhere, which I don't technically consider to be snubs, uh, were kind of the more interesting aspects of the film. Um, kind of success and, and disappointments for the day. That one, I, I figured they were going to have to nominate it more or less because of the whole Barbenheimer of it all. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was on people's minds when they were going through their lists uh, and voting. So I wasn't the least bit surprised. Now, of the nominees for Best Picture, which one are you throwing your 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 prediction behind winning? Uh, I feel like I have to obviously say Oppenheimer. I think that it having 13 nominations, having the most nominations any picture has had since The Shape of Water, which was also one of my like all time favorite films back in 2018. I think it has probably the the highest chance of winning. I think it's Oppenheimer's to lose. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed if it went to Anatomy of a Fall or The Zone of Interest. I think both of those films have... um, potential to continue to pick up interest because they are topical, thoughtful, very academy-ish type films. Uh, if we're going with films that make you think, um, Oppenheimer has all of those same qualities. Um, but I think that that's kind of been in the, the, the topic uh, for the longest amount of time. So not as surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So let's move, let's move from the best picture to best director here uh and if i mispronounce any of these names i apologize i have never actually had to say a few of these names out loud uh so best directing goes to justine triette uh for anatomy of the fall did i I pronounce that correctly i hope i did all right uh martin scorsese for killers of the flower moon christopher nolan for oppenheimer yorgos lanthimos for poor things and jonathan glazier for zone of interest these again it's it's a whole bunch of people that pretty much everyone was predicting there's not really any of these that are super jumping out um there there's there's a snub that i'm a little disappointed isn't here and that's core jefferson i would have liked to have seen him on the list but not being here doesn't honestly surprise me all too much because a lot of people were you know sort of iffy on if he was going to get through or not uh but you know it is what it is the the group that they've gone with here are super solid what do you think of them uh, is there guess, are there any of them that jump out of you as surprising or is this pretty pretty much I what you were thinking? I'm thrilled that Justine got nominated. Uh, I was definitely gunning for her and I was also gunning for Jonathan. Um, I think that we uh, are again seeing this like double feature potential for those two films. Every time you see them both kind of in a category that is a surprise, those were definitely not ones that people were um, 100% projecting in the lead up to this. I think that there were some very obvious misses uh, here that, you know, from people's lists. Um, So I think those two were the most surprising simply because those were like wish fulfillment for me. I think they both did phenomenal jobs with those two films. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's exciting to see them kind of get their moment Um, again, international films, getting major nominations is always going to be something that I am excited for and advocating for. Uh, So very excited about those two. And I will say, I know a lot of the conversation today is talking about the fact that Greta Gerwig didn't get her directing, you know, nomination and 
Okay. Thoughts, feelings, <laughs> concerns? Um, I will say the same thing that I've kind of been hinting at here. I think that having Sandra into films that people were going and watching to see, you know, which one they wanted to nominate her for, because she was, I guess, supporting for zone of interest would have been where she was kind of pegged for. And then obviously best actress, um, which she got nominated for. I think that that was, um, exposing people to those two films. And I think ultimately Justine and Sandra are the reason that Greta and, and Margot missed out on those noms. Uh, and I, you know, I will happily go on record and say that I think both Justine and Sandra did leagues better than Greta and uh, Margot for their, you know, their roles. Um, you know, it's sad that Greta's missed out again on this, but um, I think that she still has plenty of films in her to get her back on there. Uh, and she's obviously not the only female director out there to experience sexism in Hollywood. And she doesn't need to be the poster child for that, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think she did a really good job, but there were definitely things about Barbie that I think other directors are going to look at and think, oh, you could have done a little bit different here. or Oh, that didn't really land the way I want it to land. And still, ultimately, it got a Best Picture nomination and it got um, a Best uh, Screenplay nomination. So I think that obviously people did enjoy aspects of it. And you have America Ferreira and you have Ryan Gosling, the the parts of the film that really shined. Uh, so I don't know, controversial. I am fully fine with taking that. Hey, I have held on to Barbie feelings since July. My screening for Barbie was the day that the strike started. So I have stewed with Barbie opinions for so long. And now I'm free to speak my thoughts. And I'm not sad that she didn't get the nomination. I, I will say Greta. that I love Greta. Like I genuinely love Greta Gerwig. I love the stuff that she's done before. Not her best directing. Little Women was her best directing. Yeah. She's she's an incredibly talented director who I have no doubt is going to get plenty of nominations and even some wins under her belt across the rest of her career. Do I think that Barbie is the one that she should have gotten either of those for? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no. I think <laughs> I, I have to agree with you. I think Little I'm Women would probably limb. be the one. Little Women would probably have been the one like that she's done so far that I'm like, that probably should have been the one. But, uh, you know, it just is what it is. Her not being on there doesn't bother me too much. I do quite like the people who got the nomination. I think that they're all very deserving. Uh, all right. Best actor in a leading role. The nominees are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Yes. I, I'm going to say right out, I had I had no faith that Jeffrey Wright was going to get a nomination. I will be completely honest with you. I didn't think that the I didn't think he was going to get a spot. I am super stoked that he's on that list. I think that he is an incredibly talented actor who is more than deserving of all of the accolades that he can possibly get. So seeing him on there makes me happy, like in the pit of my soul. I'm super thrilled for him to be there. What do you think of this list? Uh, this is Killian Murphy's to lose. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely 100% believe that he has the ability to bring this one home. But I will say Paul Giamatti is creeping up on him. That's something we cannot deny. We cannot yeah. ignore. The Holdovers is a crowd-pleasing film. It is not divisive in ways that Oppenheimer was divisive. And ultimately, Paul Giamatti is a bit of an American sweetheart. Um, you know, we had 
six or seven seasons of Billions. Uh, he's been in a lot of films that haven't gotten buzz. Uh, he's very endearing. Uh, the in and out thing was a great, I'm sure it was an unintentional because it was just a random person that took the picture of him at in and out, but that became a really fun little gimmick. I mean, uh, I will say, I will say about that. And this is going to be my hot take for the episode. I'm about to anger a whole bunch of people. He could have chosen a better burger than in and out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think in and out is trash. I uh, comment. I don't eat beef, but that's fine. That's idea. fine. Whatever. Put your pitchforks away. I've I've been very vocal about this. I'm actually fun fact. I am blocked on Twitter. Or at least I used to be. I I haven't checked in a while. I'm blocked on Twitter by In and Out. <laughs> That's special. Uh, we we like to uh, unpack that at a later date. <laughs> we will. We'll have an entire episode just entirely about my fast food opinions. Well, uh, I, just, I just want to say, Universal. If you need somebody to really gun for Oppenheimer, come close. I'm here. Just call me. I will gun for Killian Murphy for the next month and a half. I will. I will say. I think that three out of four times Killian Murphy is going to win this. But if Paul Giamatti wins, I will be. I'm not going to be upset. And in fact, I'll actually. I'll actually probably be pretty happy if Giamatti wins. I think that he definitely does deserve it. But I feel like it's going to go to Killian. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that's the same bet. a Barton holdover shirt. Like my heart is with Oppenheimer. Um, but again, it's an Oppenheimer holdover thing where like, I'm not going to be mad if either of those pick up a lot of, oh, yeah, yeah. I think they both gave some of the best story, best, you know, acting of the year. Um, but I will say though, if we're talking about campaigns, something that I have noticed again, universal, if you're listening, um, Paul Giamatti's camp has definitely started the it's past time. He's due for an award. We need to start focusing on the fact that Killian Murphy has been giving, Oscar worthy performances for the last 15 years that have largely gone unnoticed. We really need to start honing in on the fact that he too is deserving of this. It's true. Just saying. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, I got to ask, of the best actor is there anybody on this list that you would not be happy if they won? <laughs> Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was building that. I was like, I know she has this opinion. I want him to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to win. I don't think he's going to win. I would I no. I'll eat an in and out burger on live if he wins. I don't think he's gonna win. He's gonna have to really pull off like a lot of goodwill building because there's a lot of weird vibes about Bradley Cooper. And I'm going to just say, it's not just Meister for me. I found some old posts of mine from like the stars born. I've, I've been on the, the Bradley Cooper hate train for a while. I, I suffered through the movie burnt. Like I have, I have an agenda against him and that's fine. I'm, I'm happy for people who love him. I think he's a fine person. I just don't think Meister is the role for him. And I think the thing about Bradley is that he is an incredible actor. He has given incredible performances when he's not trying. And I think that his day will come when he gives up, much in the same way that Leonardo DiCaprio kind of gave up. Revenant, not his best performance, but he wasn't trying 
as hard at that point. He'd kind of given up. And I think there's a point where I think once he lets go of his like desperation to be getting best actor, best director, best writing, and let somebody else write for him and let somebody else direct him, that he will find great success. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, Moving on to best actress in a leading role. We have Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Uh, I, I will say there's... That is probably the most inoffensive list of nominees I've seen in a long while. They're all very, very talented individuals who I think are all more than deserving. That being said, as I've said on the show before, I think it's the Battle of the Stones. I think it's down to Lily Gladstone versus Emma Stone. I'm pulling for Lily Gladstone, but that's me personally. How do you how do you fall on this, Maggie? Uh, I do. I will have to say, uh, I think Annette Benning being on here is wild. Uh, I think the grassroots campaign for Nyad is weird uh i I had her i had her on my maybe side on my predictions i was like i could see her being in there but i mean of the netflix stuff she's definitely one of the better performances i guess but still naiad is such a weird one it's that one i was like kind of scratching my head on that's where i lost you know some points this morning because she was not on my main list um i will agree that this is the battle of the stones i think this is at the end of the day, Lily Gladstone's award to lose. But I will say Sandra making it on there, defying the odds. I think that she has some solid potential to climb the ranks and possibly knock Emma out. Uh, not physically. Um, though, you know, if you've seen Anatomy of the Fall. I mean, uh, I, w- I will say I didn't predict her being on there, but it would not surprise me if she's if she comes up from behind and just like I think she both out. And again, it wouldn't surprise me. But I go back to the fact that she is the only one on that list that has not one but two performances that are award worthy. And that's and that's what I think is going to be both playing the most in her favor. Nominations. If the Zone of Interest or Anatomy of the Fall did not make it onto Best Director, Best Picture, there was every chance that people wouldn't watch both of them. But the fact that both of them are in major award categories puts a lot of focus on her that we are not going to get unless people are like actively watching the curse in the lead up to this. And they see Emma acting in that, like, yes, some of these actresses have other major projects that came out last year and this year, uh, but not in the same way. And I think that could give her an, a definitive push in the right direction that I think she could knock Emma Stone out of that running and be really tough competition for Lily. But I want Lily to win. Uh, but again, I won't be mad if Sandra wins. I will be salty if Emma does. Oh, okay. So John John apparently froze. I thought I was the one frozen. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure what was just happening. I just blacked out. All right. <laughs> you heard me say something negative about Emma Stone. You're like, goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm leaving. I'm out. No, I mean, as I said, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Lily Gladstone. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, for yeah. My question is, can we make Battle of the Stones a thing? Like, can we make that? A, can we spread that around? Can we get people saying that? I think we should. I think we should. Everybody in the the chat, we have a lot of people watching and interacting today. Make Battle of the Stones happen. Okay, Battle of the Stones. That's that's what this. That's what the Oscars are here. Unless Fuller comes up and completely takes it out. <laughs> he was smote for his in and out opinion. Hey, listen, I'm sorry, Casey Supersonic. I just firmly believe that there are significantly better regional uh, fast food restaurants out there. Significantly. Burgerville, Whataburger. Uh, I'm, I'm 
blanking on a whole bunch of them. They're all better than in and out. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, where were we? Oh yeah. Best. We just did best actress. Let's move on to best actor in a supporting role. Uh, <laughs> McDonald's and no, <laughs> Uh, best actor in a supporting role. We have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. This is another one where I was super stoked to see Sterling K. Brown on this list. I had him in my maybes. I was like, listen, I want him to be nominated. But I again, I did not. I think that American Fiction, I just don't have a lot of confidence that it has the the weight behind it to be getting the nominations but sterling k brown is i think one of the more talented actors working today so him getting a nomination is just fantastic and i'm super stoked for it yeah i was Uh, well he's one that i got into it with somebody a couple months ago who was like in what world would he get supporting actor is he really a strong candidate in american fiction i'm like did you watch american fiction because he is excellent and he has like a full narrative arc and like there's a lot of stuff happening for his character and he's a great supporting role he he carries that film the way that a good supporting actor should where he's Mm -hmm. not taking the majority of the spotlight like sometimes sometimes that'll happen where a supporting character winds up becoming the most important character but he's he's putting in the work in that film to help the whole thing be a greater a a greater role Yes, it is fantastic. So him being nominated, I think, is brilliant. I'm super stoked about that. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, him getting in for poor things. I it was like, okay, it's gonna be Willem Dafoe, or it's gonna be Mark Ruffalo. It being Mark Ruffalo, I don't think is too much of a surprise. I think more people were guessing Mark Ruffalo than Willem Dafoe. Uh, and then yeah, Ryan Gosling in for Barbie. Uh, one of our two acting nominations for barbie uh maggie give me give me your thoughts just on the nominations or on ryan gosling or just on any part of this that you want to talk about uh i am ecstatic that ryan gosling got in i thought that ken was the best character in barbie and i'm sorry i am happy to be on record on numerous platforms saying as much he is the character that literally the entire movie hinges upon uh ken is the character that we get the most emotional connection to we are told and shown and we get to experience through his lens the fact that the kens are oppressed that like systematically oppressed by barbie land uh he's the one who gets to like experience a full narrative arc you have a lot of character growth for him both in figuring out what his relationship with barbie is how how he relates to like the men in the real world and bringing that back and then realizing that like uh, equality is not, you know, oppressing somebody, even though they ultimately at the end of the movie, the Kens are still oppressed. They're not even allowed representation on the Supreme court in Barbie land. Um, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> mean mug the camera there a few times, but like that is the character that you are actively rooting for both his like, villain arc which is really not a villain arc and then like the fact that he has like a catchy song that he has he has the most connections with the other characters like even though barbie exists within all of these other barbies her friendships never feel like they are genuine friendships there's no real connection between the barbies but all of the kins have a shared oppression that has put them all 
either for each other or against each other, but they have like emotional attachments to each other in ways that help to benefit Ken, Ryan Gosling's Ken as a character being like the defining character of Barbie, which is hilarious. He even, that- he even has like a rivalry with another Ken. Exactly. Like there's, there's emotional stakes in Ken's existence. So I think anybody saying that it is shocking that Ryan Gosling got in and Margot didn't simply has not looked deeper at Barbie. And I am, I'm, that's fine. You, you can get the surface level stuff, the, the pulpy, sweet, you know, white girl feminism. That's, that's whatever. Enjoy that. But like the, the deeper story is about Ken, which is, I think, hilarious that we have this Barbie movie that everybody's hailing as like, you know, the year of women, but it's a movie ultimately about men being oppressed. <laughs> like, and, and that in and of itself is like a really interesting character study because it's making people view the oppression that's generally assigned to female characters in films to a male character and seeing it packaged differently, but it's this, it's the same thing. And I mean, ultimately that's why Ryan's character is the much more interesting, compelling character. That's why I walked out of Barbie and was like, I want to be Ken for Halloween. <laughs> Weird thing to walk out of that movie with, but okay. Uh, and yes, as, as, you give as, a Steven man a Chat, as Steven chat pointed out, cause we're not going to get to that category. We're, we're running short on time, but um, I'm just Ken did get nominated for best song. Uh, so best song in Barbie. I'm sorry. It, it's a good one. I it's definitely Billie. the most memorable. It's an earworm. I love the Eilish, but I'm not sitting around humming that every time I hear a line from it. It's yeah. I think most people are more, most people are more inclined to remember. I'm just Ken. Again, from what I've observed, is about Ken. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so all right, moving on. We're gonna do one more uh, category here, and then we'll just like kind of speed run through some of the other categories. Uh, so, best actress in a supporting role, we have Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferrera for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Uh, there's our second Barbie acting nomination, America Ferreira, uh, who I don't, I feel like right now on Twitter, she is not getting like more people are more focused on what Barbie wasn't nominated for than the fact that, that America Ferreira got her first Oscar nomination. nomination. And all anybody can talk about is Greta and Margot not getting nominated. Like, come on, give the woman her flowers. She got nominated. Yes. It was a monologue that helped her. But still, she got nominated. That yeah. we should be talking about that, not the fact that you know. Focus on the positivity, not the negativity. Get all that negativity out of your life; it's bad for you. So Look at the things that are awesome. worth celebrating. Like I'm focusing on the fact that I got my holdovers nomination. That I want it, which was divine. I think that she was like the heart and soul of that movie. It I think she was a she was a shoe in for a nomination. <laughs> I don't think anybody really doubted that. She sweeped across the board, but still, you never know. Are any of are any of these surprising? Not you? Yet. I the, don't. The Jodie Foster one. Don't get. I mean, everybody loves Jodie Foster. I get that. She's a Hollywood sweetheart. Always has. She's been. an icon. She's an icon. Uh, Watcher and True Detective. Um, but Naya, Naya. <laughs> like again, I don't get why we're trying to make Nyad happen. It was an okay film. I don't. Apparently, Nyad's like a, a bit of a sleeper hit, like with it's the Academy. Place from last year, the oh my god, what is the name of the actress that everybody was doing the weird grassroots campaign for? I can't remember. 
I can't remember either, but everybody knows what we're talking about. The one that everybody just yeah. suddenly turned up like three days before the voting ended and being like, everybody should vote for this person. And everyone's just like, sure, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. So that those are uh, the sort of like major categories. Uh, we're going to speed run through really quickly here. I will say I did want to have Andrea Riceborough, Riceborough, however you say her that last name. Uh, I will say I did I was hoping that we would have enough time to discuss my anger over the fact that best stunts is still not a category, but no. we'll have, maybe we'll have an entire episode, you know, getting into that. Cause that's, that's criminal still, even to this day, it's always been criminal and it continues to be criminal. All right. Best writing for adapted screenplay, American fiction, Barbie Oppenheimer, poor things and zone of interest. That's the one that a lot of people were like really upset that Barbie's in the adapted screenplay, but I'm sorry, it's based off of something. So it, it counts as adapted. Uh, <laughs> best writing for original anatomy of the fall the holdovers maestro may december and past lives uh best animated feature let's talk about disney getting completely snubbed out of best animated feature we got the boy and the heron elemental nimona robot dreams spider-man across the spider-verse two thoughts nimona yeah. so excited considering disney canceled that and that was never going to be seen and the fact that it is an oscar-nominated film is tremendous one of the best films I saw last year, watched Nimona. Two, so deeply disappointed that Susan May did not get nominated. But I, again, I think it goes back to what I said when we did our best films of last year. I think people don't understand it. And it, and it re- requires a level of going and seeking out extra information to fully understand it that we're just not going to get from. It's definitely possible. Sadly, disappointed. Yeah. But and uh, the last one that I'm going to bring up here, I as much as I would love to talk about uh, Godzilla minus one getting best visual effects because that was my favorite film of the year. Their video yeah. got announced. Uh, but uh, I'm I w- we should uh, bring a best international feature. Uh, I'm gonna butcher a couple of these, so bear with me. Um, Io Capitano, close enough from Italy. Yeah, uh, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow, The Teacher's Lounge, and The Zone of Interest. Uh, a lot of ones that people were like, hey, maybe this will get Best Picture nods, but they just got the Best International. That's still, it's still a great, still a great category. So I'm hoping to see some great movement there. There's also a lot of other fantastic categories that are worth checking out. You can check out, I believe the list, they're up on Collider right now, right? Yeah, uh, for all the winners for first time nominees for most wins and then not a whole bunch of snub articles. So you're just going to have so much Oscars content to feast on. So stay tuned to collider.com. There's some fantastic stuff coming down the pipeline for, uh, or already on collider.com and coming down the pipeline within the next probably 24 to 48 hours. There's going to be a lot of great stuff up there. So get over there, check that out. Uh, yeah. And this is where we're going to end the show for today. Uh, Maggie, you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to end uh, on? My closing thoughts is as we're talking about foreign language projects, uh, I am just going to continue to pro- promote this show. Like I've been promoting it over on my uh, social media. Uh, there is a new Zorro TV show on Prime Video. It is Spanish language. There is a dub. If you don't want to watch captions, it is excellent. I know everybody loves Zorro. It is a great pulpy story. It is gorgeous. The cinematography is gorgeous. The night scenes you can see, which is shocking. Incredible intro, super catchy. You will not hit skip. The cast is incredible. The writing is incredible. It's it's so good. If you love Zorro and you love pulpy like stories that are kind of like episodic and in a, in a sense, but also like there's a through line plot. This is great. 
Uh, also, if you liked Echo and you like badass indigenous characters being basically superheroes, Zorro, it's there for you. Excellent. It's on Prime Video. It just came out on Friday. Keep watching it so we can get a season two. Yeah, so go check that out. And uh, of course, as I said, go check out Collider.com for all the uh, movie and television, just entertainment news you could possibly want. And I guess I will leave it on my last closing thought, which is just simply that In-N-Out is terrible and uh, there are much better burgers and you should broaden your horizons and look at other stuff. Uh, But that's where we will leave it. Tomorrow it will be once again, if I believe it's once again me and you. I think so. Unless I get murdered for my in and out thoughts tonight, uh, which I'm all, I'm all the way up in Washington state right now. I doubt there are any location. (laughs) I'm not going to tell them which town Washington state is a big place there, buddy. Uh, I doubt there are that many in and out. It's going to show up and take you out. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat place. So uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.